When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, December 20th, the Time is My Co-Parent edition. I'm Gabriel Roth. I am the editorial director of Slate Podcasts, and I'm the father of Eliza, age eight, and Leo, who is four. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. I'm a journalist and podcaster in New Hampshire, and I am mom to Henry, who is 17, Teddy, who is 15 and a half, and my stepdaughter, Lily, who is 18. And I'm Carvo Wallace, a writer and podcaster in Oakland, California, and I'm the father to Georgia, who is 13, and Ezra, who is 15. Today on our show, we have a question from a listener whose wife's ex-wife is being a little difficult about how he's captioning his Facebook posts. Plus, as always, we will share triumphs and fails. We will make recommendations. And on Slate Plus, Rebecca is going to explain one of her problems with the college admissions process. Why didn't her children apply early decision? Find out on our Slate Plus segment today. Let's start with triumphs and fails. Rebecca, do you want to go first? Do you want to triumph? Do you want to fail? What do you want to do? I'm going to fail, and I know that you guys covered this last week, but I wasn't here. And excuse me, because I'm, I'm going to break one of my self-imposed rules of not swearing in the first five minutes of a podcast. I didn't know and that thus, was a rule. I had it's no a idea self-imposed that was a rule. rule. No, about? no, it's just it's something I try not to do because I imagine like the person who's listening to, to me for the very first time, like if the very first thing that comes out of my mouth is I broke my fucking leg, guys. Like they may never like want to listen to this podcast wow. again. But that's my fail is I broke my fucking huh. leg. And it sucks. (laughs) It totally sucks. How did Um, you break your leg? I was on, uh, well, <laughs> you mean before I called you from lying on the ground with my broken leg? How did it happen? <laughs> yeah. I, I know why. I'm asking you so that you can then tell it to the listeners at home. Yeah, it's a kind it's, of convention. It's a, it's, it's a kind of convention right, no, of podcasting. We're doing content for the people. So. Yeah. It's not just us having a chat here. I know. Do you know, know there it? are people listening to us now? <laughs> Apparently not, because I just said fuck in the first five minutes of the podcast. Um, so I had a morning off because I work as you know, in public radio, and I was, it was, we were in the middle of a fun drive, and I'd been pitching shifts early in the morning and late at night, so I decided to go to work late. Uh, I was going to tape this podcast and then go to the office, like, in the afternoon, and um, I had tons of time. I found myself with this huge, like, long stretch of morning, so my dogs had an appointment at the dog groomer, and I decided, she lives about a mile from where I live, I decided to walk them over and drop them off, and then take a walk back home, and take our little town trails to get home, and I, I reached one point, I took a trail, road, trail, road, and I reached the, like, the last road before my house, and I had a fleeting thought of, like, I could just turn left and go up this road, and like go up the hill on the road, but you know what, I still have like two hours, I'm gonna just like stay on the trails, it's like nature, it's like beautiful, exercise, yeah. About a thousand feet later, I fell, Uh, very unceremoniously and like not a big deal fall and I just my ankle twisted and I broke my damn leg so um, 
the uh, gent- nice gentleman from the a fire department rescue squad had to come into the woods and like drag me out on a sled. It took like six dudes to pull me out of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. I had to go to the hospital. Um, I, you know, the emergency room doctor was like, oh, it's no big deal. You'll be in a walking cast, whatever. I went to the orthopedist the next day and he was like, no, this is a very big deal. And who knows when you'll be better again. So I broke my leg at the ankle. I did a bunch of ligament damage. And um, my family has been really, really great and helpful and like doing everything that I normally do. But I don't think they understand that this is not like one week or two weeks that it's going to be like their lifestyle for the next six months to a year. Mm. <laughs> um, I keep waiting for that realization to sort of sink in and it hasn't. And uh, the whole thing just completely sucks. So that's my fail is not turning left on that stupid fucking road and just walking home on the road. Uh, dumb mistake. And I, you know, should have done that, but I didn't. And so I broke my leg. So that's what's going on with me, guys. Wow. <sighs> I'm Good. so sorry. That is so bad. I mean, I, I feel like, so I know that um a couple of, like maybe two years ago at Christmas, it might have been three years ago, but two years ago at Christmas, uh, Joe's partner, they all went ice skating with the kids and it was all chill. And then he took this kind of chill, ceremonious, unceremonious fall, wasn't a big deal, <laughs> just sort of slipped a little bit, kind of hit the ice, but was fine. Ended up having a broken leg and was basically like needed help for like six months. Yeah. And I'm like, is that what happens when you get to be... Pardon me, Old. our age? Like, is yes. this what? Is this what it is? Because I'm not. Yes, I'm not down. If someone <laughs> like if someone told me, I would have opted out. No, thank you, sir. If, if this That's is right. what it means. That's right. This is what it means. Like all the other. Like I don't know if you guys. Have you guys ever had like little, like joint issues, like plantar fasciitis, or like you know tight Achilles tendon, all that stuff you get like when you're older and just you get flat footed. All that stuff means, as I learned at the orthopedist, that when you break a bone, it's no longer like, I mean, I've never broken a bone before, but I know tons of high school kids who have broken bones and they are playing sports again like eight weeks later. When yeah. you're old, that is just not how it goes. It is a very big deal. This like might mean surgery. I have to get a new cast tomorrow. And then there's it's like I have to get x-rays basically like every two weeks for the next God knows how long. And it's it's a it's a big deal. And I can't put any weight on it at all. It's not like those are injuries where they're like, if you can just get walking again you'll be fine like it's not like that and uh just getting around is super duper hard not to mention getting around not getting not being able to get around while watching sort of like the squalor pile up around me um at the holidays it's like it super sucks it's super duper sucks Uh, i i'm really sorry i just want to say one thing about this which is that um last week you you called me the morning we were taping last week's show and you you told me about this and i you you were in good spirits and i i sort of made fun of you a little bit and then i sort of made fun of you on the show a little bit and you know we have we have a a sort of rapport where we make fun of one another that's our that's our our relationship But uh, and then I made fun of you a little bit on the Facebook group, and then I made fun of you again before we were taping today's show. There's been a bunch. Like, and I want to say some of that, some of my decision to do that came from my ignorance about the point that you just made, which is I think of breaking bones as I guess I've only ever encountered it in the context of like childhood and adolescence, and so I think of it as a thing where like yeah, you put a cast around it and it's really itchy and you can't itch it, and then it uh, it it heals up because bones are magic like that. Um, But I I guess I. I had not taken into account the fact that you are actually a, a really old, <laughs> old person uh, and that your body is old in the process of decay, of natural decay. That's right. That your body is That's returning right. slowly, gradually to the soil from whence it That's came. Right. 
And, Got it. And that as as a result, this injury is going to be much more <laughs> crippling for you. And so I, I'm I'm very sorry that I didn't take your geriatric condition into account, uh, and that I chose to make fun of you in a, in an unforgivable manner. Um, uh, Gabe, if you my, think my, I have not been making fun of apologies. myself this whole time, oh, it's okay. I've been making fun of myself this whole time. I've had like a couple of falls where I've just like been sitting on the ground and I'm like at first crying because it hurts and then just laughing hysterically because it's so fucking absurd to be a 45 year old person and not be able to stand up. Like seriously, mm. if you if if you can't find humor in this and watching the squalor pile up around you, what the hell are you going to find humor in? Right? Is there um is pain a factor for you as well? And and then follow question how high are you currently <laughs> <laughs> i wish i they only give you like four days of vicodin these days so pain mm. is a factor i'm not high i really wish i was which is the reason why we have an <laughs> opioid crisis in this country right now so <laughs> i'm just sticking with the uh you know ibuprofen so as not to add to our ever expanding opioid crisis what? Yeah. Have they offered yeah. you anything better than that and you've turned it down? Oh, yeah, but they only give you like four days worth, so that's Ugh. that's over. Worst, <laughs> worst of all possible worlds, because then you're, you're, you're sitting there with a broken leg and you're in withdrawal. That's, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that's why I'm so sweaty, right? Uh, Ugh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm um, happy to be back. That's well, the upside. I, l- I look forward to a lot more amusing parenting fails uh, stemming from your disabled condition. At least we all have that to, to look forward to. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I have a parenting fail. I'll go next. This is a thing that happened yesterday morning. We've been working on getting out of the house. Like we have to get out of the house earlier now because Eliza's in second grade and they start at 830. And, and my wife has to leave early many days for her work. And so I there's a bunch of like I got to get finished getting the kids ready and get them out the door by myself. This happens many days. And one of the decisions that I had made in the course of this like accommodating to this new morning routine is like part of my thing in that situation is I have a clock in my head and like there's a time we're supposed to leave and if we don't leave then the bus thing uh, the bus we've missed like the window when the buses are running properly and if we get out there after eight o'clock then the New York City bus system has just collapsed under the weight of of the commuters and and uh, it happens every morning and so we got to get out there by a particular time and I get anxious and I try I get stressed out and I try to get the kids out by a particular time and if we're missing if we're like three minutes behind schedule then I'm like aware of it and slightly antsy about it um And I've been working on like, okay, you know what? If we're late, it's not the end of the world. Like the kids got to school on time basically every morning last year. And if they don't get to school on time seven mornings this year, like it doesn't mean that I am like the parent that all of the teachers think is neglecting his children because he's dropping off his kids 10 minutes late seven times during the school year. So um, I've been working on on that. And mostly I've been doing a good job. And then yesterday I just fucking blew it. I was like, okay, we're doing the thing with the hats and the coats and the scarves and the breakfast and the mittens and the peeing and the brushing your teeth and the brushing your hair and the whole thing. And I would like, they are not interested in doing it on my schedule. They have other, like I'm, I'm interested in them finding their mittens and they're interested in reading a book. 
and we just like have different agendas at that particular moment. Uh, and and I tell them what to do, and they will do it, but it's not like the top thing on their agenda. They're going to finish playing or finish reading their book first or whatever it is. And and I get a little frustrated, but I just, you know, I just have to stay on task and keep telling them what to do and just stay focused and calm. And most days I can do it. But then yesterday they were in the hall and they were meant to be getting their shoes on while I was rounding up some other stuff. But then they're not getting their shoes on. They're like having some incredibly stupid argument, just like the stupidest argument you could imagine an eight-year-old and a four-year-old having with each other. I don't even remember the specifics, but oh, I know what it was. It was about whether the two shoes that they were supposed to put on were Mr. Shoe and Mrs. Shoe or Mr. Shoe and Ms. Shoe. Like, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> Good for them. This is about something bigger. It's not than stupid. Just the yeah, it, 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 she she was advancing. She was making a feminist case. She she, she, was. she was educating her brother about the correct feminist way to refer to the female partner in a, in a heterosexual married couple of shoes. Bingo. Instead of putting those shoes on her goddamn feet. And, <laughs> and it was like they were really going back and forth about this for a really long time. And, and her agenda was mostly about feeling happy that she was smarter than him. Like she was mostly like, oh, I know a special sophisticated thing about how you refer to a married couple of shoes and you don't even know that thing. <laughs> And and I just I I like I snapped and I was like, Will you put on your goddamn shoes instead of arguing about this stupid thing? <laughs> and, and um I, I just, you know, I like that was the thing I was supposed to not do. Like I, I yeah. And I felt myself doing it and I apologized and like we got our shoes on, we went to the bus stop, it was fine, we weren't late, it would have been okay if we had been late. But like the the whole thing is I can't I I, I can't snap about that even even if it's this stupid argument and even if we're four minutes behind schedule and we risk missing the bus and the thing i try to keep in mind when it happens is that like those mornings where you're like trying to get them out the door and you have to go through all these tasks and whatever that's not like that that's not extra like that's where the parenting happens like the parenting actually happens during that 45 minutes where everybody has to get dressed and eat their breakfast and brush their like it because then for the rest of the day they're in school and i'm at work and whatever and then sometimes we have a nice you know bedtime or we have other nice time we do nice things on the weekend together but you can't write off those mornings as like well this isn't about my relationship with my kid this is about getting out the door so that we don't miss the bus so that we're not late for school no this is actual like that's the parenting and that's the kind of parent i am i'm the kind of parent who like at that moment chose to snap or or found himself snapping about the the shoes and uh it's a struggle i keep working at it every day but uh yesterday i failed yeah well i mean i i i mean i know everyone's gonna be like because people always do this in the facebook group and it's great they're gonna be like you know don't you're being too hard on yourself and of course we all and it's true that of course we all but it's i really like what you said about the fact that that's not some separate parenting that doesn't count which is the way i always think of it like i'm not parenting we're just trying to do something it's like the, it's <laughs> right. good to be reminded that i'll parent later when we're not you know when, <laughs> right. no, I'm on task now. <laughs> <laughs> we're on task now apparently which is like that definitely i really resonated with that because that was a lot of how i dealt with things uh, when my kids were little and i really really wish i hadn't and so i think that the what appears to people to be a really high standard is actually the thing we should be aiming for um because i think it's really important all right, what about you? You got a triumph or a fail? Uh, I have a triumph that is Christmas-related. I hinted at this last week, but I wanted to take a moment and give a particular, like, s- sort of discreet shout-out 
to my son Ezra, who listens to the show will know that we've there's been a lot of over the years uh, that I've been doing this. It's been a lot of like our fail is this, and Ezra didn't do this, and Ezra's struggling with this, and he's having a hard time with this. And I feel like that is terrible that there's that much of that. And uh, I also want to give him like a, a he did something last week. He does a lot of stuff that is really impressive to me. But last week, he did something that uh, I keep thinking about and feeling just a little thing of pride, which is so every year we have this tradition where we go and cut down the family Christmas tree. And we've been doing it for however long. I don't know how we started it. But one year I just said, oh, we're going to go to this like tree farm up like an hour and a half away and we're going to cut down the Christmas tree and that's going to be our thing. And there are tree farms even closer. There are so many other places we could do it. It's the most inconvenient thing, but we make a whole day of it. We get the same burgers at the same place and the same peppermint bark at the same place and the same hot chocolate at the same place and we listen to the same playlist and it's this great thing. And so we were doing that last week and we went and we went to the tree farm and we you know, always get there and we buy the stuff and then we spend an hour running around the fields looking for the perfect tree and fighting over which is the perfect tree and then coming to consensus over the perfect tree and then we get the saw and then uh every year the following thing happens we try to get georgia to georgia's like let me try it so then she tries it to cut down the tree for like 30 seconds and is like screw this this is lame then our friend our family friend who comes with us who is 16 she says let me try it and then she does it for a while and she sort of gets into it and then she goes this is lame and then meanwhile ezra is running around behind everyone giving everyone advice on how they should be cutting down the tree sort of like <laughs> mansplaining tree cutting to everyone and then he's like let me try it and then he does it for like a minute and then realizes that he can't do it but and then he just swings the saw around and almost decapitates everyone and then everyone laughs and then i end up then they wander off to go get popcorn or whatever and then i'm just left <laughs> alone cutting down the tree and we do this every year and this year when Ezra said let me try I was like okay knowing full well that he was not going to do it and then I will be I will have to eat my hat because he did it he just like started cutting down the tree and he got some a little bit of purchase with the saw and he was able to get in there and he just started working it and then next thing I knew he had finished it and it was like amazing and it was like this amazing moment where you just look at this person and realize oh my god it's yet another moment when you realize he's not going to be a kid forever he's like turning into an adult functional human being who can manage things and do things and so much of having a kid is this feeling that they're half baked that they're not fully done and that's part of that's a lot of where parental fear comes from because we kind of look at them in their current state, like all messy and not together and clearly not ready for the world. And we imagine them out in the world and we go, the world's going to be so unforgiving and it's they're never going to be ready for it. And so we get panicked and then we start yelling at them <laughs> out of fear because parenting out of fear is where always where the worst parenting comes from. And um, and. I feel like that's been a big part of what I've had to learn to deal with in myself, particularly when it comes to Ezra. And just seeing him this weekend was a reminder that, oh, he's he is already progressing on his own path in a way that doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, I didn't sit him down and say, God damn it, son, now it's time you figure out how to cut down a tree and here's how you do it and here's the technique and I'm going to stay with you and train you until you figure it out. I didn't do that. I didn't because it it's not like a part of our lives. He figured out how to cut down a tree because he naturally progressed through maturation to the point where he could do it. And it made me realize, oh, that's probably going to happen with a lot of stuff that I don't need to necessarily be involved in the nuts and bolts of He's already he's already being parented by time in addition to me. And I sometimes forget that time is a co-parent. 
<laughs> and I always think that I'm in charge of everything and that stresses me out and makes me like not a great dad. And so this was, I just think it was great. And I just want to give him a shout out because he's just, he's doing so much and being a teenager is so hard and he's working through a lot. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's our collective triumph for this week. Nice. I wish we could apply some of the stuff we've learned about, you know, the workplace with our kids, because there's all of this research and there's all of these like workplace models like lean and scrum around, you know, the process not being important, but the product Mm -hmm. being important. And we mm. focus on process so much as parents. Like if only the kids would do it this way, everything would yeah. be fine. And, yeah. you know, what you said about time being the co-parent really does take care of that. It's like, you know, I'm terrible at loading the dishwasher. I'm like kind of famous for it. Like my kids have Instagrammed about, about my dishwasher loading <laughs> inabilities. And yeah, like, you know, 80% of the dishes come out clean and 20% don't. But whatever, our dishwasher kind of sucks. So like it's usually like 85-15, not 80-20. And so like we're really in the, in the aggregate, who cares? But um, with our kids, we're just so unable to let go of the way they do things, not being tired, liking the way they dress, the way they're brushing their teeth, whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I wish we did a better job. Yeah. I know I wish I did a better job sometimes at applying what I know about my workplace and about the way that people work together and teams and so forth to my parenting. I think it would be less stressful, not easier, but maybe a little less stressful in yeah. the small moments. Yeah. 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 I would, you would spend a lot more of your parenting energy on like sending emails that just say, thanks, exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) And it probably would be better for everybody. (laughs) I'll slack you, kid. All right. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we move on, let's do the business. Um, first off, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to Facebook, search for Slate Parenting. It's very good. You should be a member. That is all. Second of all, if you're not yet a member of Slate Plus, uh, you should join. Go to slate.com slash mom and dad plus. It's just $35 for your first year. It helps us make this show and it gets you an extra segment of this show every week. This week, we're going to talk about college admissions. Rebecca is fired up. It's going to be uh, lit, as I believe they say, on our nation's college campuses. If you want to hear that segment, you want to get no ads anywhere in this podcast or any other Slate show, join Slate Plus, slate.com slash plus. Okay, onward. Okay, here's a question that came to us on our Facebook group. Go to Facebook, search for Slate Parenting. Uh, This question is being read by me. I recently got married. My wife adopted a child with another woman. I should say my wife adopted her. The other woman never signed the papers. So legally, my wife is the girl's only parent. But my wife's ex has started spending one night of the week with her. The kid loves her, and we appreciate the fact that she's there for her. Anyway, when we got married, I posted pictures of me, my wife, and her daughter, and I captioned the picture, my amazing wife and stepdaughter. The other mom called me at work angry and told me I'm not the girl's parent and I have no right to call her my daughter. My wife says I'm her stepfather and I can call her my stepdaughter. Rather than force a conflict, I changed the caption to just my amazing wife. 
My wife is kind of upset that I did that, but she understands why. Then the kid called me her stepfather to her other mom, unprompted, and the mom got upset again. Was I right to take down the caption, or should my wife's ex learn to suck it up and deal with it? <laughs> Drama. <laughs> this is not this is not a, a an either or <laughs> question here, right? I mean, yeah. here's the thing. Um, I would say, and and yes, this writer inner has described this very complicated situation where the other mom is not technically legally a mom, but let's face it, like that's what she is. I mean, this is not. Mm-hmm. Substant, substantively different than if you were talking about like you know a biological parent who got divorced and now you married one of the parents and you are in fact a step parent so you know I, I think that you, you know explaining all that stuff might help provide some context but I wouldn't get into the trap of making it so that you shouldn't treat her the same way you would treat a biological parent in the situation mm-hmm. where you were a step parent I don't don't be tempted to fall into that hole because it's an easy one to fall into and um, it's not worth it. So whether or not you should to change the caption or not, I err on the side of at first until this stuff is resolved – just try to be a little bit respectful of the mom's concerns and boundaries. I think the caption technically was fine. Technically, you are this child's stepfather. You married this child's biological mother. Technically, that's what you are. And there's nothing wrong with you saying that to people, with you introducing her as your stepdaughter, with you guys having that relationship and uh, kind of knowing it exists. But you really, I think, should try to make some inroads with the mom, the other mom, and and perhaps just, you know, briefly send a note and say, I understand this is a new situation for all of us. It's difficult. You know, technically, I'm married to your child's mom. So technically, I am her stepfather. And when you see me put that on social media, just know, like, I don't think of myself as a replacement for you. I, I know that the step parent role is different. And it's just me explaining to the world what my relationship with this young person that I care a whole lot about is. I am her stepfather. That is technically accurate. Um, that's a conversation you should try to have. If it goes horribly, which it might, you know, you can then kind of choose which way you want to go. In this instance before you've had that conversation I don't think there's anything wrong with you changing the post I understand that maybe your wife got her back up a little bit because she sort of thinks like you have rights too you're a stepdad but I I think that maybe you should try to at least give a positive gesture to the other mom and just let her know what your intention was which was not to replace her put a stake in the ground as a parent uh but technically and accurately describe what your relationship with this child is i mean obviously you care about her you care about her mom you're not going anywhere so it is time for everyone to get used to that term um she may never get used to it i'm not saying that you having that conversation will make her get used to it but at least you'll know you've had it and and you have said this is how i see myself and and you'll you'll have those good feelings of having expressed that and then the next time you refer to yourself as a stepdad uh um, at least you won't be worried that you hadn't had that conversation. So it's not an either or. Um, I would just say the caution, though, is to just tread lightly, understand that it may take this other woman a while to work this stuff out. These are very complicated parenting dynamics. And uh, steps, as I know, are very often in the trickiest and most walking on ice, you know, walking on eggshells kind of uh, role here. But I think your intentions sound good and I think your instincts here were good. And um, I would, because you seem to have good instincts, I would encourage you to reach out, not necessarily like for a lunch or whatever, but like in an email, brief accurate uh, email about what you meant and that you have nothing but good feelings toward um, your stepchild's other mother. 
Yeah, I agree that the the parenting dynamics are really complicated, but I I, I would want to point out that maybe the editorial issues are a little simpler than the letter writer um, has has maybe recognized. The the original caption was my amazing wife and stepdaughter. Okay, and so you want to get rid of of the the term stepdaughter because it's offensive to to the kid's other mother. Uh, so you change it to just my amazing wife. There there are other options there as well, right? You could rather than just like my amazing wife. And then also there appears to be another human in this picture who's not being identified. <laughs> um, the, another option would be to change it to like Linda and, and Penelope or whatever their names are. <laughs> or gosh, I love these two awesome broads or whatever your online social media <laughs> voice is. Whatever fits voices. your person your personal brand, your online social media the brand. Ms. and the little Ms. But yes. <laughs> right. The two loves of my life. But the but, two Mrs. Yeah. Yeah, um, Mr. and Mrs. Shoe, Mr. and Ms. Shoe. Um, but the the there would be a way to do this, I think, that doesn't involve just like here's a picture of my wife and also an unidentified child. That that seems like not a great solution. Just purely from a you know for, from the perspective of the people who are uh, looking at this picture and wondering what's going on with it. Always, yeah. I mean, yep. I just I I it's like I <laughs> this is such a this is such a difficult thing for people because no one likes being told what to do, especially if they think that what they're being told to do is unfair. And it makes everyone, it makes everyone want to fight back. And there's a difference between being right and being like not being an asshole. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like being right doesn't give you the right to be an asshole. Those two things are separate tracks. And I think sometimes we get them conflated. And so I think that there there can be a tendency in a thing like this to be like, well, that other person is wrong, and so fuck them. And you should say this is my stepdaughter, and you should make her wear a stepdaughter T-shirt. And you should, you know what I mean? That there's like <laughs> that because you're technically right about something means that you should that you sh- that you now have carte carte blanche to be a dick. And I think that it's it's I don't think that those two things, like Rebecca said at the beginning, that's not the binary. Both things are true. It's true that. This person, the other mother the uh, of the kid, is having a difficult time emotionally with this whole set of transitions and is acting out in a way that is kind of hurtful and is technically, a, like, wrong. Like, you, just, you know, it's like you can't tell someone else they can't call someone their stepdaughter when that they are, in fact, the, that person's stepparent. That's not a thing you get to do. And so technically she's wrong. And yet, as Rebecca points out, and my experience has been too, is that this is for the long haul, presumably. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to lay, you, you get you, you think about this as like something that's going to go on, a relationship that's going to build and evolve and change over time. And so you can't just come bursting in trying to like make everything happen exactly by your rules from the beginning because that's a good way to just like extend the uncomfortable conflict period way longer than it needs to be extended. And uh, so... I think that you should recognize that even though this person is wrong, they're coming from a place of hurt and it's not the end of the world for you to edit the caption because of that, because there's a longer thing that you're playing. You, you have to give a little, take a little, <laughs> let, <laughs> let your, your poor heart, heart break, break a, little. a little. Yeah. That's the story. That's the glory of love as we all know. And, uh, and I think, I think that is how you navigate through a situation like that. Yeah. So were I in this, in this new parent's position, I would absolutely change the, um, caption. 
I would hate it. I'd be mad about it. I would be resentful mm. towards the other parent. But I would also recognize that those hatreds, like madnesses and resentments, are my personal issue that I need to deal with separately. And I need to talk to my friends and therapists and whomever about it and work through what it brings up for me because it brings up my own issues of, like, people telling me what to do and being controlled and people thinking that I'm bad when I'm trying to be good and all this stuff. That That's all my own stuff. But but that's my own stuff isn't the whole story. The whole story here is that there's me coming into the situation. There's my stuff. There's what's good for the kid. There's what's good for the kid's mom. And there's also this other person who has an emotional attachment to this kid that is valid, justified, and earned and is having a difficult time with the transition, which it's hard for me to fault someone for having a difficult time with a transition such as this. Um, so I would change the caption. I'd probably do something like what Gabe said. I might say... Um, I love these two or, you know, this is like, and I, and I, I think there is an editorial issue there because it is like news because I think this person is using this picture. Probably there's a good chance to announce to all of their Facebook people that that guy from third grade that they are only in touch with once a year that, Hey, I've got this new family, right? It's a way of announcing that this is the coming out picture. Hey, check out my new family. And so I do think you want to say something like, um, I would say something like, you know, this is like, uh, so excited, you know, here's a great picture of us picking apples with my like lovely wife and her beautiful daughter, so-and-so. You know what I mean? <laughs> or something like that. I would just, you could get around it, still reveal the news, not use the word stepdaughter for now. Yeah. yeah that I mean, thing I, is your, but yeah. but yeah, but that's your side of the street. But mm-hmm. for the rest of it, this person is going to have to get used to the word stepdaughter because everyone's going to be using it because that's mm-hmm. what the fuck it is. And even the kid is going to be using it. And the mother's going to be using it. And that's what the situation is. So this person is going to have to get used to it eventually. But I don't think you have to force them to get used to it at the beginning just to preserve your own ego. That's kind of the way I would play it. And a thing that's helpful in in like when you're feeling that sort of fuming with rage at this person who's trying to prevent you from using an ordinary English descriptive word in an appropriate context, like when that yep. makes you really mad, a thing that might help to keep in mind is that like if you can navigate this properly, it's better for the kid. Like if you can be delicate with this other person's feelings, even if you're mad at this other person and you don't care about your wife's ex-wife and you like, who gives a shit about them anyway? And all they've ever done is get up in your business about stupid stuff. Then like if you can keep that person like happy and comfortable, then it's way, way better for this kid who you care about. And, And so like just do your best to put your feelings aside for the sake of like preserving a a harmonious relationship with someone who's going to be in your stepdaughter's life. It's yeah, funny because right. I think on this show, you know, I've often talked about, you know, how little power step parents have in terms of like the direct parenting of kids and how I think that that's the right position to take is to think of yourself as the person with the least power in that sort of direct parenting relationship. <laughs> but step parents actually have the most power to contribute to the overall mental health and happiness and sense of stability that stepkids have. And the Mm. thing that you have as a step parent that your spouse and the biological parent doesn't have is you don't have relationship baggage with the ex that your spouse has. So this writer and his wife has an existing, probably very difficult and baggage laden relationship with her ex. As the step, yes, you do inherit some of that. You might have the, oh, my God, your ex is crazy. Oh, my God, I can't believe that you were treated this way in this relationship. You might have some of that. But your communication with this person doesn't have to mirror 
your spouse's communication with this person. You can have your own separate transactional relationship that is 100% focused on making things as easy as possible for your stepkid to navigate their two different worlds. So this is a small opportunity to do that where you can just telegraph positive intentions to the other parent separate from your wife, completely separate. Just say, I totally understand why that bothered you. I know it's technically a term that you're probably going to be hearing a lot. It's probably going to take some time getting used to it. But like, I totally respect it was difficult and I'll do my best to be sensitive. But I think that we should follow our uh, I think we should follow your daughter's lead here. And this is what she wants to call it. You know, maybe we could reach some sort of middle ground after some time passes. Like if you telegraph nothing but good intentions, like you have a tremendous amount of power. Um, I mean, my my husband's ex-wife is sending us over like a green bean casserole or something for Christmas dinner because she knows I can't cook. Like our relationship is totally separate from her relationship with Kevin, where they still get into these like age old pattern squabbles sometimes like she and I don't do that. Um, and it took a lot of time, but it was completely worth it. And my stepdaughter is so much happier as a result. Like she can go to her mom's house and talk about me. She can be at our house and talk about her mom. And it's like fine. Um, And it does take time, but it is a power that you have as a step parent that I really like my advice for step parents is to, you know, lean into that as much as possible, especially at the beginning. Just think of the small opportunities you have to nurture that relationship in your own way, even if it's just transactional or just cordial. The payoff can be huge. Yep. All right. Thanks for your question. Well, you didn't send it to us. You posted it to our Facebook page. Uh, If you, the listener, are not yet a member of our Facebook group, You should be a member. Uh, Go to Facebook, search for Slate Parenting. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time now for the part of the show that we like to call and do call recommendations. <laughs> it's a segment <laughs> where we like to make and do make recommendations to you. Uh, Rebecca, what are you going to recommend? I am going to recommend one of the best YouTube videos I have seen in a very long time. I've watched it about 30 times. Each of my kids has watched it about 30 times. It's now been watched as of this taping like 60,000 times. And I think we may be responsible for 50,000 of those. This was a, a, a video uploaded by a dog training academy called the Double H Canine Training Academy. And the video is called Epic Service Dog Training Failure. And it is this video of this German Shepherd's 
repeated attempts to go through these service dog training exercises and just failing them in the worst possible way. So, for example, in one of them, the trainer is using one of those walkers and the dog just runs over and tries to grab one of the tennis balls on the foot of the walker and just runs away with the walker. Uh, In another one, like they have the dog like pull the person in a wheelchair on a rope and the dog runs so fast that the person ends up being flung out of the wheelchair. It is hysterical because it's very clear that this trade this canine trading academy probably very quickly learned that this dog was not going to work out as a service dog and just you know made this really fun video showing all the reasons why not all dogs were meant for this so if you love dogs (laughs) and you love watching goofy stuff that dogs can do i really recommend it um i'm going to share the link with my colleagues at slate so they can post it on the mom and dad facebook page but if you want to look for it it is the double h canine trading academy epic service dog training failure video on youtube we will also post that to our show page and our facebook group carvel what do you want to recommend uh i i first i want to recommend that uh what rebecca said is the most beautiful thing ever because there's the only thing better than dog videos is dogs dogs failing and i just i don't know why i love it but i do and uh i just watched this one that was um that was like a dog trying to get a stick up as up a flight of stairs you know the old like jog with the big stick that won't fit up the stairs this poor golden retriever was just flummoxed just baffled at the physics and could not figure out and kept putting down the stick and then going upstairs and going, wait, but I don't have the stick. Then going down to get the stick and then coming back up. It was the cutest thing ever and I was really into it. So um, I'm really excited about that. The thing I'm recommending is a book called Baby Brains by, did I just lose? Oh, Baby Brains by Simon James. Um, and it's a it's a kid's book, like a little kid's book, probably, I don't know, four end up it's about the smartest kid in the whole wide world about this baby who can do anything he can go into space and he can build a rocket ship and he can uh do all he can build robots and he can do these amazing things and even though he has this wonderful life where he can do all this stuff he eventually realizes that the one thing he really misses is being with his mom and so he he eventually gives up all of his uh, <laughs> his like space endeavors to go spend a little bit of time with his mom but he still does volunteer uh, on the weekends doing some science stuff for NASA, but he keeps it at home. And it's just such a cute book. And I was, my friend had it and I was reading it and I just thought it was really cute. So that's Baby Brains by Simon James. Cool. I'm going to recommend a book that I ordered to give to Eliza for Christmas. And then I looked at it and it seems like it's a little too grown up for her. But if you have like a, a 10 or 11 or 12 year old uh, who is into Greek mythology, it's an adaptation of the story of Persephone. It's a graphic novel adaptation of the story of Persephone by a French cartoonist named, uh, I'm going to try to say this properly, Loïc locatelli Kurnowski. Um, I will post a link to that on our show page. Uh, but if you search for Persephone, you would also find it. Um, it's really beautiful. And I started, I, it arrived and I started looking through it and it's just beautiful. And I started reading it and got sort of sucked into it. Uh, and also there are scenes of violence that are maybe a little bit too strong for an eight year old. Um, but definitely like if you have a slightly older kid, uh, who, who is into comics and Greek mythology, check it out. Persephone by, uh, Loïc locatelli And that would be our show. Uh, Slate Plus members, stick around to hear Rebecca 
tell more about the woes of the college application and admissions process. Uh, if you have a question that you want us to tackle on this show, you can call us 424-255-7833. Uh, or you can email us at momanddadatslate.com. That's our email address. Uh, you can let us know what you thought of the show at our Facebook group. Go to Facebook, search for Slate Parenting. Our show is produced by Benjamin Frisch. For Carvel Wallace and Rebecca Lavoy, I'm Gabriel Roth, and we will see you next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.